0: plaza direct king's court starts now
1: The best, this old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend, mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around.
0: I hit it hard, man. Good Thursday morning, St. Louis, and all points northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on com, where you can also hear our podcast. Also, our podcast air on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, anywhere you find the great podcast of the land, you will find us. But we do it live right here every day. We bring you the truth. Based on evidence. It's funny how evidence is key, isn't it? And facts. Evidence and facts. You can't change those. You can change opinions, but you can't change the facts and you can't change the evidence. And we have it all. And we use it all most often using people's own words to sink their ship. It's not hard. Because people that run this country are stupid people. Now, you might think, well, but wait a minute, how how did they get to the top? Well, they got to the top because they're crooks. Come on, you don't understand that? There are very few people in Washington at all who are even decent people. It's all a power grab. And you're going to hear that as we go along this morning from people who've been there, like Ned Ryan. Wait to hear what Ned Ryan has to say. And he's spot on. Because it isn't Biden. It isn't Pelosi. It isn't Schiff and Schumer and all those other lying cheats who really run the place. It's unelected bureaucrats. Ned Ryan, in case you don't know, is the CEO of American Majority and a conservative author, but a very smart guy, and I think he'll enjoy what he has to say. News out of uh, the CDC is that Biden and the CDC were lying to us all along, along with Fauci. Anybody shocked by that one? Now, Rochelle Walensky, who's the heads up the CDC, claims she's making sweeping changes to their policies, but she didn't resign. If you blew it, if it was your biggest deal ever and you blew it, Why are you still working? Wouldn't the honorable thing to do? Wouldn't that be to resign? I would think so. That would make sense to me. But they never do. First of all, it's always someone else's fault. It's never theirs. She actually issued a statement. And it said this. For 75 years... CDC and public health have been preparing for COVID-19. And our big moment, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. Now, if someone said that to me and I ran the company, I'd fire them. I would expect them to do the honorable thing and resign. But if they didn't, I'd fire them. Wouldn't you? So we're going to talk about how Biden lied to us. How Dr. Marty McCary is talking about the latest school mask mandates. Lizzie Lincoln says she's going to run for president. Well, that's what she indicates. Sandy Cortez is still whining about getting her student loans paid off. Judge Janine has a message for her. She's not going to like it, by the way. Jalen Rose, who is nothing more than a woke imbecile, who once played basketball and now is a commentator at ESPN, thinks he's a smart fellow. His mastery of the English language isn't real strong. But he believes that he's smart. He believes he, what he has to say about social events in the country is something that we all want to hear. And yet he's a single-digit, illiterate buffoon. And he'll prove it for you today. Mike Pence is scolding Republican people and Trump supporters online to not be threatening the FBI. Why not? You know, I'm not going to threaten the FBI. I don't have to. No one has to. But for people who want to, it's free country. The FBI doesn't deserve an ounce of respect. Not an ounce. Now, if you're going to threaten to kill them, that's a little crazy. But they're ruining people's lives. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Is that what you say? They're ruining people's lives and they're doing, they're doing it intentionally. Ask Roger Stone. Ask Carter Page. Ask Paul Manafort. Ask Peter Navarro. They'll never be able to ruin Trump's life. But they're trying. They're trying. So you'll hear from Mike Pence, the whistleblower from the FBI, William Hank, who has made himself public. You're going to hear from him today. And it's something you need to hear. Biden's going to lie to you about that bill that he signed the other day, barely able to write, had no idea where he was supposed to write his name, if indeed he actually wrote his name. He'll tell you how great it is and who it's going to help, and then we'll tell you the truth. James Carville is going to be part of the show today. If you don't know who James Carville is, he orchestrated Bill Clinton's campaign and helped him win. But Carville has subsequently become very outspoken against liberal Democrats and the psychos of the Democrat Party. Although he's also, he also flips that switch and thinks Republicans are evil racists. So he's got a lot going on in that noggin of his. A lot. And <laughs> it's not very good. Tammy Bruce will weigh in on Stacey Abrams and what a fraud she is, as if you didn't know. We've got all of that and a lot more to bring you here on today's show. But we also want to remind you that Window World windows are the best bargain in town. Folks, first of all, they improve the look of your home. They improve the thermal efficiency of your home. And they've done that in over 70,000 homes in our area, including mine. I have Window World windows. How did I get them? I called them. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. They'll come out and give you a free in-home inspection and a free in-home demonstration. And they'll prove to you how they're simply the best for less. 314-993-1800. They're the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs, the window of the Slayton House, if that matters to you. I don't just hire anybody to put my windows in. You can bet that the Chiefs and the uh, Blues don't either. But they did their homework. I did my homework. Friends of mine, listeners to the show have done their homework. And they've all told me, my God, the price is so dramatically different from the competition. And Window World gives you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. They use double-strength glass. That's how they can do that. And it's not an upsell. It's not an extra. It's what they do. And at Window World, they offer you 18 months, same as cash, financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. That's Window World. And if you're looking for windows, I can just promise you this. You don't need your search to extend past Window World. If you want to go ahead and try it, be my guest. It won't help you. Here's breaking news from the Babylon Bee. You may or may not know what the Babylon Bee is. I hope you do. The headline is, Producers confirm a Lizzie Lincoln Cheney will not be back for season two of the January 6th hearings. After a critically acclaimed first season that was allegedly watched by some people, the producers of the January 6th hearings have sadly confirmed that their star, you know who that is, their star, Liz Cheney, will not be returning for season two. The Babylon Bee is always the best. They come up with the best stuff. And they do it nonstop. Nonstop. Have you seen what the New York Times fashion page is writing about Biden? These sycophants, all of a sudden the media turned on Biden, as you remember, and now these sycophants have come back trying to restore Biden in our mind with new images. But here's what the fashion page is writing in the New York Times. President Biden is back after COVID vacation and legislative victories, and so are his shades. It's the attitude as much as anything. He's not just wearing sunglasses now, he's wearing shades. There's an almost Pavlovian reaction to seeing the same glasses on Mr. Biden. What better way, really, for anyone to suggest they are flying high? Well, that's a very thinly veiled reference to Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Can you imagine Wuhan Willie Otella Biden as a fighter pilot? Good god, man. I hope he's flying it out on the over the ocean that fighter jet cuz otherwise it'll crash into several buildings, kill thousands of people. But there he is, Pavlovian. He's not just wearing sunglasses, he's wearing shades. Same shades that fell right off his nose when he was trying to put his jacket on the other day. Didn't know how to put his jacket on, and then didn't even know that the shades were falling off his face, which they indeed did. But can you imagine a media that that says things like that? you got to scratch your head and wonder, really, where do we live? Then Nora O'Donnell, who's the lead anchor of the CBS Evening News, the chair that Walter Cronkite once sat in, Tweets out, new, according to a DOJ official, the FBI is not, and that's capital letters, not in possession of President Trump's passports. Former president, she says. Trump had accused the FBI of stealing his three passports during the search of his Mar-a-Lago home. Well, unfortunately for Nora O'Donnell, the FBI confirmed that they had the passports. So whoever your DOJ official was, your source, you might want to forget about them in the future. Now, would, would Nora O'Donnell issue an apology? No. A retraction? No. These people don't have to do that. If, In case you've ever wondered, I'm going to straighten it out for you. They're better than you. Just understand that, because they know it. Why don't you know it? They're completely certain they're better than you. So when they lie about you, as she did about President Trump, she has no need to retract it or apologize for it or even take it back. Why would she? She's Nora O'Donnell, after all. The CBS News. Ooh. Boy, the liberals have certainly taken that phrase and destroyed it. Once, the CBS Evening News was the Bible for what was happening in this country. Everyone tuned in to Walter Cronkite. Why? They trusted him. And he was trustworthy. As big a liberal as he was, you never knew it. Never. The same with John Chancellor, Huntley Brinkley. All of them. Excellent newsman, Peter Jennings, they were all liberals. But you didn't know it because they broadcast the news. And it was important to them to give you the facts. Not anymore. Nor O'Donnell simply lies and then doesn't even retract it. But she's a born liar. She's a liberal. She knows no other way. When you've been raised a liberal and then you work for a bunch of other liberals isolated in their liberal column, you know nothing but to lie. It's all you know. And so they do it. They lie. And then when they get caught, so what? You're just a peon. I'm better than you. I don't have to apologize to you. Plus I was lying about Trump. So who cares? We do that every day. Why do you all of a sudden care? Do you see what happened on Long Island yesterday? A huge rally. Looks spontaneous. Thousands of people in cars and trucks and SUVs, American flags, Trump flags. Demonstrating and showing their support for President Trump. It was amazing. On Long Island, as one person tweeted out a picture of it, thousands of patriots showing their support for President Trump on Long Island, the FBI made a big mistake. I think they did too. The liberals, as I always tell you, never fail to not go too far. They always go too far. And so when they did it this time, in their desperate attempt To stop him from running, because they don't fear him, remember. This time they awakened the sleeping giant that is the voting public. And it pissed people off. Because anyone, whether you're a Democrat, a conservative, a moderate, whatever you consider yourself, you look at that and you have no choice but to say, if they did it to him, they'll do it to me. And they won't hesitate. And if you have a functioning brain and you're among any of those groups, you understand that they are sicking the IRS on you and me. Not big corporations, not billionaires. Just want to make the billionaires pay their fair share. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Grover Norquist is going to tell you about that a little later on this morning. And what he's going to tell you is not going to make you feel good. He's the president and CEO of Americans for Tax Reform, but he's got it broken down perfectly. Well, let's kick it off with Biden, shall we? Remember when he kept telling us these lies about COVID?
2: Tell the truth. Follow the scientists in
0: the science. Tell the truth. Follow the scientists. That's what he told us. That's what Fauci told us. That's what Walensky told us. And then they didn't do it. They knew they didn't do it, but they just lied to you because fear-mongering was one way at the time to get President Trump in trouble because the blame was on President Trump for COVID. So as long as they could fear-monger, then they could blame him. And now comes Rochelle Walensky in the statement I read to you. They've prepared for this for 75 years. How did you know that 75 years ago that COVID-19 was coming? And by the way, Where's your evidence to back that statement up? Who's here that was here 75 years ago preparing for COVID-19? The answer to that is a simple one. It's no one. And she has no evidence to back that up, but it, she doesn't care. She's a liberal. She'll say whatever she wants. She doesn't have to back it up. She can slander who she wants. She can libel who she wants. She can make f- facts up that will affect your life, which she did, but she didn't resign. Why not? Why don't you resign too, Rochelle? Because I'm a liberal. Now, all of this admission to what they were doing and the lies they were telling and how miserably they failed, by their own admission, by the way, has Americans rather perplexed, including Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida. Governor DeSantis, what's going on?
3: My question is, if the CDC's finally come around to that, why is the military still kicking people out over the COVID shot?
0: Carpe diem, Governor DeSantis. If the CDC's telling us they screwed it up, what they told you wasn't accurate, why is the military still kicking people out? Why are schools having mask mandates? You might say to yourself, schools are still having mask mandates. You bet they are. Didn't you see that wine garden wench up there in front of another podium? She's nothing but a political hack. She's not a teacher. She has no concept of what it is like to be a teacher. She wants mask mandates because she wants her teachers to be safe. What she wants is she wants teachers not to have to work, but to get paid anyway. That's what she wants. That's the goal. Dr. Marty McCarry, is there any reason whatsoever for mask mandates in school?
3: None, really. There's ample research that have now looked at the studies that were open, the schools that were open free and clear with masks and no masks. And now we've got the Catalina study, the Finnish study, the UC Davis reanalysis of the flawed CDC study. And it's overwhelming. There was no impact on transmission. It would be unethical to do any further research right now. If you don't believe the current data, then nothing will convince you.
0: I love that. If you don't believe the current data, nothing will convince you. Because all of the data says no masks. They don't help. They never helped. It is so astonishing to me when I go to the grocery store somewhere else and I see people still wearing a mask. It stuns me, actually. I want to shake them. How dumb are you? Have you always been this dumb? Or did you just get dumb in the last two years? And if I tell you to go rob a bank, will you do it if I I tell you I'm from the government? And the answer is, of course they will. They'll do anything the government tells them to do. This is a country filled with Stepford people. And remember that doctor that we played out yesterday, the COVID response leader from the White House, telling us that four to 500 people are still dying from COVID every day. That's another lie. And there's not a speck of evidence to back that up. But they just say this crap. And no one ever asks the real question. Could you please cite evidence to back that up? He doesn't have to. Media takes it as if it's gospel. A liberal said it. Has to be true. The fawning media. Failing miserably to do their job for decades now. Decades. Lizzie Lincoln got in front of cameras on NBC's Today Show and decided to show her Trump derangement syndrome in full bloom. And she does suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. But I wonder, Lizzie, what would you compare what's going on in our country today with Donald Trump to?
4: I believe that Donald Trump continues to pose a very grave threat and risk to our republic. I am uh, absolutely going to continue this battle. I think it's the most important thing I've ever been involved in. And I think uh, it's, it's certainly the most important thing, challenge that our nation has faced in recent history uh, and maybe since the Civil War. Uh, and, and it's one that we must win.
0: Did she say the Civil War? I believe she did. She just compared Donald Trump orchestrating her exodus to the Civil War. <laughs> she foolishly listened to liberals. She and her warmongering dad couldn't stand Donald Trump because he did, he put Jeb Bush away for good. So they carried their personal vendetta and their warmongering ways to fight Donald Trump. How'd that fight work out for you, Cheney family? Work out well? Well, unless you're an idiot, you know it didn't work out well. But they are idiots, that is. So she's out of a job. And she won't be back for season two of the January 6th hearings. She's finished there. That did her in, really. Once and for all. She was toast before that. But once she pulled that stunt, she really thought that she could carry favor with the liberals and the media and every, everybody hates Donald Trump, so if I hate him, they'll love me. Didn't work out that way before he did it, Lizzie Lincoln. I call her that because she compared herself to Abraham Lincoln too. The Civil War and the Abraham Lincoln comparison. Everything Civil War, Abraham Lincoln. She's nuts. She's out of her mind. Congressman Chip Roy of Texas, what really were the people of Wyoming saying to all of us?
2: The people of Wyoming spoke tonight, and they spoke because they want the agenda that they saw in terms of draining the swamp. They didn't want more of the swamp. That's, I think, what this boils down to. History has a way of cleansing all of the noise. And when history is judged, when we look at this moment, it's about a change. It's about moving forward. It's about not 2022 or 2024, but 2026, when America turns 250 years old. Are we going to live free, or are we going to continue To fund the bureaucracy, continue to expand government at the expense of our freedom. It is time for a change. That time is now, and I think the people are speaking across the country, and this is one example of it.
0: They are without question speaking across the country. Go to Virginia, where they spoke loudly and clearly against the liberals, despite bringing in all their supposed heavyweights. Obama, Biden, Harris, they all came in to campaign for that idiot. And then a businessman won, a Republican businessman. And here we are, Cheney, who won with 73% of the vote last time, just two years ago. Slaughtered by 30 points in Wyoming. And the message is pretty clear. People want what Donald Trump gave them. They don't want what these career politician hacks try to give us at the expense of us, financially, mentally. Every other way, physically, look what they took away from you with this COVID, these COVID lies. In many cases, they took their livelihoods away from people, but they took your sanity away. They made everybody locked down in a house. A lot of mental issues cropped up, a lot of alcohol issues, drug, drug abuse issues all cropped up when people were locked in a cage. That happens. It tends to make people crazy. Do you think they cared? They didn't care. But some of you, Well, the lockdown's what we have to do, because you're crazy. You believe anything these liars tell you. Do you understand that Biden is running around telling people this bill is good for you? I want someone to name one thing in this inflation reduction bill that affects you directly in a positive way. Name one. You can't. I can name you 10 things where it destroys you, and it begins and ends with inflation. But in the middle, there's tax. The, the IRS coming after you for more tax. They're going to be taxing you, period, with all of these other taxes on coal and oil and everything else. Those are taxes on you. Corporations aren't paying it. You are. Let's always keep in mind, by the way, all of these uh, green lunatics who now support Cheney, Daddio at the end of the Gulf War, if you recall, was an executive at one time for Halliburton. Halliburton put all the fires out over there in Iraq, in the desert, and all of the oil issues that related to that war all enriched the Cheney family. But now she's the darling of the liberal psychos because they are too lazy to do their homework and they're too obsessed with hating Donald Trump. So all of a sudden, Lizzie Lincoln became their favorite. Lizzie, I know that you're probably going to think of running for president in some national office. Are you going to announce that now or are you going to take a little time to think about it?
4: it uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming month. And I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning. But, uh, but it is something that I, uh, I'm thinking about and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months.
0: Okay, make your decision in the coming months because we're all waiting to hear. I mean, is Lizzie Lincoln going to run for president? Gosh, I hope so. I really do hope she does. And run as a Republican if they'll even have you. I don't think they'd even have her. I don't know how that works. Can the Republican Party say you're not running as a Republican? I guess they can. Why wouldn't they? So we've got the CDC lying to us. We've got every politician, every political hack, and every media member lying to us. When do we, as a country, get tired of all the bullshit? When do we get tired of the lies, being lied to like we're little children, and we can't reason why, gosh, they told us this. It must be true because we can't critically think for ourselves. They've already told us they don't want us doing that. We don't know as much as they do, they tell us. They're protecting us. Biden, did you know that Biden has been protecting you? He protected you with COVID. He protected you with inflation. He protected you by closing pipelines and stopping fracking. He's protected you. $5, $8 a gallon gasoline, he's protecting you. Border illegal border crossings, 2 million. 2 million in 2022 alone. By the way, 2022 is not over. It's not New Year's Eve. It's August. We're seven and a half months into this year. Two million illegal bums have already crossed into this country on the southern border. And I don't know if you saw the video from yesterday, but Border Patrol agents opened the gates, unlocked the gates of this giant fence in Texas and allowed them in because Governor Abbott had secured that area with that fence, and now they opened it up. Federal agents open it up and let them in. Once again, I will say, the rank and file in all of these institutions, these government entities, is rotten to the core. Those are the rank and file people of the Border Patrol. They're rotten to the core. If you disagree with that policy, then resign. You can do something else. People resign from jobs every day because their conscience tells them, I can't do this. Remember, this is the border that's secured, according to Biden, and that idiot Mayorkas. It's so secure that he's ordered agents to unlock the gates and let more of them through. That's how secure it is. Two million this year alone. And in the meantime, what do the other radical liberals want to do? They want you and me to pay for their tuition. Think about that. Now, just think about that concept. Would you ever sit around in your home, you've got the fireplace going, it's a nice gently falling snow outside, I'm setting the scene for you, and you gather with your family, your wife and your kids, or your husband and your kids, and you say to everybody, you know what, I know that I gave my word on a contract that said, as I borrow this money to pay for my education, I will pay it back, but I just don't feel like paying it back anymore. So I want Joe next door to pay for it. Now your wife, or if it was the woman saying this, your husband, would look at you and say, are you effing nuts? And I hope your children would say the same as they threw you into the fireplace. Who in the hell in their right mind comes up with that concept? I borrowed money, you should pay for it. So I borrowed money for a loan on my house, why am I paying for it? Why isn't Sandy Cortez paying for it? She wants me to pay for her loan. Why shouldn't she pay for mine? My car loan. Why isn't Schumer paying for it? I don't have to pay back the banks. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? But Cortez is whining like a winch, like a stuck pig. So is Tlaib. So is Ilhan Omar. Tell us, ladies, tell us how victimized you are by the system.
3: I'm 32 years old now. I have over $17,000 in student loan debt. So let's get real. Let's cancel it. It's in the interest of the people. It's in the interest of this country. It's in the interest of our future. And I still owe over $70,000. We have to stop treating as if folks that are paying for education, as if they bought some bougie car. I carry student
2: debt. And there's not that many of us in Congress. Because if they
4: were, they would pass my student debt cancellation bill.
0: There it is for you. She just admitted to it all. If I had more people like me that had student debt, we'd just vote in a bill and get rid of it and make you pay for it. That's how little they think of you. She's so stupid she said it publicly. We don't care about you. If I had more people in Congress that weren't aging elderly jackwagons and they still had student debt... We'd pass a law and make you pay for it. So that's their goal. How about Cortez? I have $17,000 in student debt. You know what else you have? You have a Tesla. So you must be raking it in, chick. I know you make $175,000 a year in salary, just in salary, not to mention all the money you steal and people give you. And you're complaining about $17,000? She says, let's get real? Let's get real. Let's pay her loan back. Again, picture her sitting around in her house with somebody. You know, I have a good idea. Let's make the neighbors pay for my loan. Seventeen grand. She acted like it was going to kill her. People have mortgages that are worth a hundred thousand dollars or more, much more in many cases. They have car loans that cost more than seventeen thousand dollars. But you know what they're doing? They're paying their loans back. They're paying their debt back. But they're not. They sure as hell don't want to. You kind of heard Omar actually start to laugh when she was saying it. She knows how nonsensical it is. But the other two dumbasses, they don't care. Why should I pay this back? How about Talib? People act like getting a loan for college is like, Getting some bourgeois car, whatever the hell she's talking about. Well, we already know that Cortez has a Tesla. Do you have a Tesla? The people that she wants to pay her seventeen thousand dollar loan back, do you have a Tesla? I don't. Can't afford one. Seventy grand for a car? The truth is even if I could pay seventy grand for a car and not feel it, I wouldn't do it. Judge Janine Pierrot has an answer for the likes of Sandy Cortez. What say you, Judge?
3: Who are you? to tell the American taxpayers that we should pay for your student loan. You decided to sign on the dotted line. You agreed to that contract. You're not stupid. English is your first language for most of you. And you decided that you would take a loan and you would pay it back. Now, I could be wrong, but I could have swore I heard today that the people who took out these loans, there's only 2% of them are unemployed. You want to give away government money, you give it to the senior citizens, who can't figure out whether they're going to buy gas or food or give it to the veterans all right i'm tired of all of this garbage about why they shouldn't have to pay their loan abuja car i don't care pay your loan there's about consequences and that's the end of it
0: copper damn judge janine how many people feel the exact same way i mean everybody's hand should be raised does anybody out there think it's right that you should pay for someone's student loan. Now, no one should have to pay for it, but it's especially galling if you didn't go to college. So if you went to a trade school or or something, or even if you didn't, let's just say you came out of high school and started working right away, and now you find out that someone who went to college, perhaps went to law school or medical school and makes a heck of a lot more money than you do, wants you to pay for their student loans. You didn't even go to college. (laughs) I don't know how you can even conceptualize this, but let's just say you never fly anywhere. And somehow people that do fly want you to pay the tax on their tickets. Excuse me? The insanity of it, and the galling level of it, and the arrogance, the sheer arrogance of it. I'm so important that you should pay for my college loan. That's right, you, Mr. Truck Driver. You, I know you didn't go to college, you should pay for my student loan. I mean, the arrogance is ungodly. That kind of arrogance should be illegal. You should be allowed to sue people for it. We call it the Slayton Arrogance Act. If you're that arrogant, then you should be sued. See if that bill would get passed. You'd be asking 535 arrogant people to pass it. Wouldn't happen. And then we still have today the big hearing down in Florida, whether or not this corrupt judge is going to order the corrupt affidavit To be unsealed so that the entire country and the entire world, for that matter, can see the corruption going on with regard to the illegal search and seizure at President Trump's estate of his documents. It won't happen, but Jonathan Turley, who is a lawyer, who is a law professor, and a very smart guy, not a Trump fan, I wonder aloud, Jonathan, is there anything about this, anything about this raid that's normal?
5: And there's a lot of problems with what we're seeing in this timeline. The Wall Street Journal's reporting that weeks went by before, Garrick, uh, be, before Attorney General Garland signed off on this application. Yet they're also saying they were worried about sensitive nuclear weapons information that could get into hands of foreign adversaries. Well, which is it? I mean, was was time of the essence or was it not? You you have this meeting in June, and the Trump team saying that they thought they were cooperating and had not been told uh, that there was this major conflict that was building. That is true or not, but we would know from the affidavit. Now, keep in mind, Neil, the Attorney General could also just answer some of these questions, even if he doesn't release the affidavit. Much of that affidavit is already known to the Trump team. It deals with what their past discussions were. Why can't you at least release that in a redacted affidavit?
0: Carpe Diem, Jonathan Turley. Why can't they? Well, we know why, because there's too much incriminating stuff in there. We know that. They know it. They're going to fight this to the death. I can't wait to hear how the liberals will fall all over themselves defending this judge for not unsealing the affidavit, how the media will fall all over themselves loving this guy for not doing it, how they'll be championing the imbecile Merrick Garland, the criminal, the common everyday criminal, and Christopher Ray, his sidekick. And I think to myself, when I hear these people talk, and when I hear these media people talk about this particular case, have all liberals simply lost their mind? They're taking Lizzie Lincoln's chant, and they're comparing Mar-a-Lago now to a civil war. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is potentially as
2: dangerous a moment for this country as we've seen at any time since the middle of the 19th century and in, in the run-up to the Civil War. It's about 38, 39% of the electorate that want to replace the U.S. government, that, that want to throw away American democracy. I respect enormously her commitment to democracy instead of her commitment to one man. That tells you a lot about the state of the Republican Party in this country right now uh, and how extreme and how uh, devoted to Donald Trump it is.
0: So Lizzie Lincoln is devoted to democracy. She's loyal to democracy and not one man. That's what they said. But at this moment, is Civil War worthy. Now, where Scarborough got his 38% of Republicans want to overthrow democracy, remember again, we told you this yesterday, they talk in euphemisms all the time. It's always about democracy. Republicans don't want a democracy. Always remember what I've been saying for years now. What they accuse you of, they are doing. They accuse you of not wanting democracy. They want nothing to do with democracy. They want nothing to do with a constitutional republic because they want nothing to do with the constitution. I've actually heard a few of them say that Republicans, Republicans don't want a constitution. <laughs> Which Republicans are trampling on the Bill of Rights? Bueller? Anyone? Of course, there isn't one. But Democrats everywhere are trampling on the Bill of Rights and don't care. They're happy to let you know they don't care. They're happy to let you know they don't consider it worthy. Now, I mentioned Jalen Rose earlier, and I just asked this question. Have all liberals lost their minds? The Civil War references now are coming left and right. That must be talking points from Democratic Insanity Headquarters. But Jalen Rose got the point, and he's insane. He's a liberal, former basketball player in the NBA and at Michigan, was one of the Fab Five, has been working on ESPN for years. So he's got his liberal indoctrination up and running. He also thinks it's hip to wear a hat basically sideways and have a baseball bat in his hands while he's talking on television. That's his thing. Look at me! I got a cricket hat on and a baseball bat in my hands, while I talk to you about basketball. <laughs> but now he's decided basketball is not enough. He's too smart to just be combined uh, to uh, com- um, what's the word I'm looking for? Confined to basketball talk. He's way too smart for that. I mean, he's Jalen Rose. He's a liberal. They're smarter than we are, and if you don't think they are, they'll tell you they are. So he's decided. That somehow or another, for some bizarre reasoning, that Mount Rushmore is racist. And that he will no longer refer to it as Mount Rushmore, and neither should any of you. Can we retire using Mount Rushmore? That should be offensive to all of us especially Native Americans, indigenous people, who were the first people here before Christopher Columbus. That land was stolen from them when it was discovered that it contained gold. And 25 years later, to add
1: insult to injury, four American presidents were put on what we call Mount Rushmore
0: on the top of the dead bodies that is buried right underneath. So I call for you and for myself. I'm owning this too. Let's stop using the term Mount Rushmore. <laughs> what else can you do but laugh at that stupid jerk? He's just a stooge. Where's his evidence, by the way, that people are buried under, into the mountain? How many graves do you think are dug into a mountainside? My guess is zero. Zero. But not according to him. All of these whomever people that he claimed were victims are buried underneath the facial likenesses of the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. So no longer shall we call it Mount Rushmore according to him. Now, Mount Rushmore, as you may or may not know, if you're geographically challenged, you don't know, is located in South Dakota. The governor of that state happens to be Christy Noam. Christy Noam heard Jalen Rose and responded. The four men on Mount Rushmore were amazing, flawed American leaders who helped make America what it is today, the greatest country the world has ever known. To the woke leftists obsessed with attacking these leaders, I've got news for you. Not on my watch. <laughs> I love Christy Noam. Jalen Rose, go back into the hole that you climbed out of. You are a stupid human being. You're especially stupid when you start talking about things you have no knowledge of. You're even stupider when you start talking on behalf of Native Americans because you're one of them, right? I don't think the Sioux Indian tribe has asked Jalen Rose to be their spokesman. In fact, my guess would be not. I don't think the Cheyenne tribe has asked him. I don't think any tribe has asked him to speak for them. But there he goes, speaking on behalf of the Indians, the dead Indians who were buried beneath the four faces on Mount Rushmore. So we can't call it Mount Rushmore anymore, according to him. Now, he didn't didn't answer why Mount Rushmore was a racist term. Morning, I'm wondering where he got some information of that. <laughs> oh my God, the guy's stupid. Do we really have to put up with these kind of stupid people? Shouldn't we put them in prison? I mean, honestly, God, aren't they a danger to our society? I think so. It just makes no sense. By the way, in case he wanted to know the history of Mount Rushmore, it was named for New York lawyer Charles Rushmore, who traveled to the Black Hills of South Dakota back in 1885 to inspect mining claims in the region. There you have it. (laughs) But the four guys carved into the side are white guys. So we can't have that. It's especially offensive, they claim, because it was in the Black Hills of South Dakota. It's a little bit scary that people are this stupid and that they care about something so ridiculous. The liberals, the woke crowd, is up and at it again. Jalen Rose being their standard bearer. <laughs> That's got to make you feel good, right? Jalen Rose. Let's hear Jalen Rose. He could explain it all for us. Sure you can, Jalen. So no more Mount Rushmore, according to Jalen Rose. No, 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 no. Jalen Rose has spoken. Mike Pence has spoken, too. He was addressing the Mar-a-Lago incident, and while he was addressing it, he also addressed the people online who get crazy. Online courage is well known. These are not courageous people; they're cowards, and so they'll threaten people online all the time. Now they're threatening FBI agents. Don't know how they're threatening them. I haven't read any of it, so and I don't read any of it because I don't care. It's all nonsense. But somehow or another, we must be vigilant because these threats online are real. And Mike Pence wants you to know how great the people of the FBI are. Right, Mike?
2: I also want to remind my fellow Republicans, we can hold the Attorney General accountable for the decision that he made without attacking rank-and-file law enforcement personnel at the FBI. The Republican Party is the party of law and work. Our party stands with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line at the federal and state and local level. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. Actually, And in the wake of the four years that we endured the politicization of the FBI... The American people have a right to know the basis for this. This unprecedented action does demand unprecedented transparency.
0: He caught me off guard there. I thought he was finished. He's lying when he says that defunding calls to defund the FBI are just as bad as calls to defund the police. No, not even close. The calls to defund police are local police departments that they want to wipe out, who protect people, neighborhoods, businesses. Who does the FBI protect? They don't protect anybody. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be protecting us from outside tyrants and terrorists and all that kind of thing, but they're too busy harassing American citizens. They're too busy creating sting operations in Michigan, a fake kidnapping of a governor. They're too busy planting people at January 6th at the Capitol too busy creating fake stories about pipe bombs. So the calls to defend the FBI are warranted, and they're smart. The FBI should be wiped out of existence. And hopefully, these nitwit Republicans will come to realize it. But I don't have much hope that they will, because they have people like Mike Pence saying stupid stuff like that. The rank-and-file FBI, oh, they stop, stop, threat... First of all, I don't know if he meant physically threatening them or just criticizing them. It sounded like Mike Pence thinks FBI agents should never be criticized. The rank and file, they're so good. You can be upset with Merrick Garland. Well, did Merrick Garland raid Mar-a-Lago? Did Christopher Wray raid Mar-a-Lago? Or were those the rank and file that you speak so highly of? I don't care who gave the order, you reject the order. If you have a conscience, if you're a decent human being, you don't do things like that. You you realize, you know what? As an FBI agent, I don't need this job. I can go start a securities firm anywhere. People will pay attention to me because I was an FBI agent. Carries a lot of weight with it. In the in the private sector, I'll guarantee you. Especially if you say I resigned because they asked me to do something that was illegal. Keep an eye on William Hank, the former FBI agent who's now a whistleblower. He's going to make a ton of money. Now, he didn't resign for that because he lost his job over one of their illegal witch hunts. And now he's speaking publicly. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of them. He's not afraid of the liberals or the media. But he also knows this. As a former FBI agent, he knows what's going on with the irs and they're coming after you
1: if it fits the internal bureaucratic needs of the irs they will mess with 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 taxpayers ordinary taxpayers i saw you know a situation i've spoken about before where elderly taxpayers some of them world war ii veterans were basically slapped around because they were viewed as low-hanging fruit and this cadre They actually said that these taxpayers were typically elderly, that that even though we had a weak legal position, that these taxpayers were typically elderly and that therefore they could be forced into settlements. I protested internally, externally. I mean, it got ugly. But the bottom line is, is they pushed these people around, forced them into settlements. It was basically a shakedown.
0: I apologize. I said he was an FBI agent. He was an IRS agent, obviously, but he got out of there. Now he was a rank and file IRS guy, but that's the kind of stuff he saw. So if your grandma or grandpa or your mom or dad had to suffer that, that's how they, that's how they come at you. Don't you understand it? If they come at you and tell you, you owe $15,000 that you don't owe, but they're telling you you owe it, what are you going to do? Are you going to go hire a lawyer and fight it? You're going to end up paying the lawyer fifteen grand, and you still may lose. Now you're out thirty grand. So they know that they could shake down the elderly people, and they could shake down the middle class because most people aren't making four hundred thousand dollars a year or two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they know that those people will simply mortgage their house, sell their car, tell their child that you can't go to this particular university because I no longer can afford it. The FBI is taking my money. This is what they do to you. When they tell you they won't do it to you, you're a dipshit if you don't think so. That's a whistleblower. He knows. And he's warning us. This is what they're up to. Paul Manafort has also an idea about what the good agents in the FBI, if there are any left, he believes there are, but he believes if they don't act, then they're just as guilty. If, if the, the agents are seeing what's going on and they're being quiet, then they're guilty by complicity. I mean, you know, they have to rise up. They have to be whistleblowers. They have to, you know, expose the corruption in their ranks or they're a part of the corruption. Uh, and and right now, Christopher Ray and the leadership of the FBI – is as committed to justice as Jim Comey was and uh, his regime, which is not very much. Uh, I think it's very important that FBI agents, because there are good ones there, not feel coward and know that there are support on the outside if they will stand up. It's also important for Republicans to take over the Congress and to make sure that the members of the FBI understand that they will be rewarded for exposing the corruption, not punished for it. Carpe diem to Paul Manafort. You remember Paul Manafort was a campaign manager of the Trump campaign. They targeted him, went after him, imprisoned him, put him in solitary confinement. At which point, Sandy Cortez tweeted that he shouldn't be in solitary confinement, that he should be released immediately. Sandy Cortez. When she's on the side of a Trump ally, you know whatever's being done to that person is horrifically wrong. But that's the game liberals play when they're in power. They don't arrest you. They put you in solitary confinement. They want to break you. They want to drive you crazy. They have no interest in equal justice. Zero zip zilch. It's liberal justice. That's what they consider it. And since they pull the strings and they have the power, you'll go to solitary confinement. Just like the political prisoners of January 6th, many of whom are still in. And as I said at the top of the show, I mentioned Ned Ryan. He's the CEO of American Majority and one of the founders of American Majority, a conservative author. We wonder who who does these kinds of things. We continually wonder. And we see the faces the Bidens, the Schumers, the Pelosi's, the Harris's. But who's really running the show in DC? Ned Ryan knows.
2: Permanent Washington are these career bureaucrats that they're not here for a couple years. They're here for decade or decades. Elections come and go, but they remain. Politics and a lot of what takes place in DC is sound and fury signifying nothing because the real power and the real decision making and the real governance
0: comes from those unelected powerful bureaucrats who are making most of the decisions. Carpe diem, Ned Ryan. The swamp rats. That's who he's talking about. The swamp rats who never go away up there. You talk about a job for life. They're in for life. And they're the ones damaging the country. Now, the faces of the damage, the politicians, are right there in lockstep with them. But all these decisions get made at lower levels a lot of times. And these are lifelong bureaucrats, never elected. But they never leave those jobs either, which is odd. Part of the reason is because I read a story about Donald Trump when he took over. He had tens of thousands of jobs he had to fill. At one point, there were 20,000 left, and he didn't even fill them. Now, part of that is because he doesn't believe in big government. But the other part of it, it's an overwhelming number. So if you replace all these people, that means you have to come up with new people. How in the hell is a president, where does he get the time to interview or even vet in the least way 20,000 people in addition to the ones he's already replaced? The answer is he doesn't. Government is way too balloonified, and as Ronald Reagan was correct in assuming, it needs reduction. But the liberals are in now, so they just keep creating more swamp rats. Because that's what they do. Tulsi Gabbard agrees with Ned Ryan. She knows the Swamp Rats are the ones running the show.
3: Those who exist in what is often called the deep state, the permanent Washington as you refer to it, they are people who believe that, that we the people exist to serve them rather than them existing to serve the people. And so they will stop at nothing in order to protect their power that is that permanent Washington. And dangerously, they've got the national security state as their enforcement arm to do so.
0: Did that sound like she was describing Nazi Germany? That Hitler has this power, and sadly has that security state, to allow him to keep his power. That's what the... United States government has. The FBI is the security state, the Gestapo. The Department of Justice is the Department of Propaganda. It's run by Joseph Goebbels. Heinrich Himmler's involved somewhere. Heinrich Himmler, Christopher Ray. We have a corrupt, hopelessly corrupt government. And we are duty bound by the Constitution to overthrow it. They claim as as if this insurrection is against some laws. Have they ever read the Constitution? Have they ever read the Declaration of Independence? The Declaration of Independence requires us to get rid of the government when it's corrupt. It requires it. Hopefully some enterprising lawyer who's defending January 6th political prisoners will use that argument. In the meantime, the liberals just go about their daily lives lying to us left and right, passing a huge spending bill that somehow is going to kill inflation. And then Biden stands there, I would say with all of his faculties, but he has none, and tells us just how good this bill is for us. And I'm about to sign the Inflation
2: Reduction Act in a law, one of the most significant laws in our history. Let me say from the start, with this law, the American people won and the special interests lost.
0: Now, anyone with a brain would say to him, Could you explain that? How did the American people win when they're going to be paying more taxes? Inflation's going to keep going up. And who are the special interests that lost here? You say the American people won, but they lost everything. You say the special interests lost, but what did they lose? The special interest in the Green Deal, those people won. This is all about climate change. Has nothing to do with inflation reduction. Everybody knows that by now. If you didn't know it by now, let's just ask Nanner after the afternoon martinis. What do you think, Nanner? Who could possibly dislike this bill? How
4: can they vote against the planet? Mother Earth. Mother Earth gets angry from time to time, and uh, this legislation will help us address all of that.
0: All of that. What is all of that? What is she talking about? Mother Nature. This is Mother Earth. Mother Earth, this bill. Well, wait a minute. I thought this bill was about reducing inflation. That's what you called it. Now all of a sudden it's about Mother Earth? Huh. How did that happen? How did that happen? Wow, it's 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 interesting is what it is. It's now a bill about Mother Earth. When did that happen? These people are unbelievable. Willie Geist of NBC and other media hacks, including this Chris Hayes, who's a complete nobody, couldn't wait to fawn all over Biden at all for this passage of a bill that will do nothing to help inflation and do everything to push the climate change lunatics. It's on the front page of all the papers this morning, the president signing this huge piece of legislation
5: yesterday. Yeah, an extraordinary amount of work capping off what's been a remarkable run for the president and his party. This is a significant victory for Biden's agenda and for his party. It is also a huge day for the country, for the planet, for Joe Biden, for the White House, for everyone. Because today, President Joe Biden signed, well, the first, as insane as it is to say that, the first true climate bill
2: in this country's history.
0: Again, I say, wait a minute. Biden told us this was the Inflation Reduction Act. All the liberal politicians told us that. But now we heard Nanner say that this is Mother Earth. And now we just hear Chris Hay say, sadly, though it may be, this is the first climate change bill ever signed in America. He's proud of it. But who's lying here? Either he's lying and Pelosi are lying, or Biden's lying. But someone's lying. Can't have it both ways. It can't be both the Inflation Reduction Act and the Climate Change Act. Which is it? We know what it is. It's been about climate change all along. And 87,000 more imbecile IRS agents to come after you and harass you. And this bill is about us. It's for us, Biden said. It benefits us. Does anybody out there feel like it's an extra benefit to have extra IRS agents looking down your throat? Anybody? Grover Norquist doesn't. He's the president of Americans for Tax Reform. Now, when they tell you that they're not coming after you... The numbers, if you just study the numbers, tell you a different story. When they talk to you about they want, they just want these billionaires and these large corporations to pay their fair share, by golly. It's not you they're looking at. Grover Norquist, how could you say such a thing? It's not us they're coming after, right?
3: The IRS has long said that they expected that small businesses and independent contractors were their target. They want 1.2 million more audits. Uh, done here. Well, there are only 700 billionaires and 500 members of the Fortune 500 large companies. Uh, That leaves an awful lot of space for 1.2 million audits. There aren't that many rich people. There aren't that many big corporations in America. They are targeting people that they keep telling us they think are with restaurants and barbershops and so on. That's their target. and We know this because every single Democrat in the Senate voted against and to defeat a amendment which said this law will not allow any increase in audits on people making less than $400,000 a year, Biden's promise. Every single Democrat voted no. So we know exactly what they think this will do and who they're going after.
0: Isn't that amazing? Not one of them voted for that amendment. I think that amendment was put forward by Ted Cruz. But not one of the liberals voted for it. So that tells you what the agenda is. The agenda is to come after regular people, middle-class people, hoping they pay their mortgage and their car payment and their kids' tuition, and maybe a little extra for one vacation a year. That's who they're coming after. And they've got an army of 87,000-plus new agents to come after you. If China just more than doubled the size of their military, would it worry you? It would worry me. And if we more than doubled the size of our military, though we can't because no one's signing up anymore, they don't want the woke bullcrap and the forced vaccinations. But let's just say we did and we doubled our size. Don't you think that would concern China and Russia? Of course it would. Anytime your enemy and the IRS is our enemy, make no mistake about that, Anytime your enemy more than doubles in size is now bigger than all of the other institutions in Washington combined, that should scare the hell out of you. You just heard Grover Norquist tell you the numbers. They want 1.2 million new audits. There's only 700 billionaires and the Fortune 500 is just that. 500, the largest, wealthiest corporations. That's 1200 they got a long way to go to get to $1.2 million. Long way to go. And who do you think they're coming after? It isn't the wealthy. Good morning. You're on the Window World. King's Court, how are you?
6: King, carpe diem, it's been too long.
0: Carpe diem, it's Joey, the voice of Joey. How are you?
6: You know, I'm doing okay, King. Uh, I, I don't think the country's doing too well. I mean, <laughs> you know, this this IRS thing when when I heard about that you know I am I, not looking for a new job but I said you know let me see well let me see if I can go get hired by the IRS I went on their uh their career website and man I mean I've never seen so many open positions and of course uh, 90% of them are for uh, you got to have a CPA because I was looking at it saying, I wonder what they'd pay an IT guy. They've got a few IT positions, but even the, even most of the IT positions, they want you to have a CPA. But some of these jobs are, are real high paying, Kevin. So I get, you know, uh, not only are they going to be coming for us, they're, they're coming to pay their own
0: salary. Well, that's what one former agent said, that they'll be giving themselves bonuses and promotions and vacations with all this <laughs> right. money, with all the hundreds of billions that Biden just gave them.
6: I mean, you know, so I guess, you know, if anybody's out there and they don't have a conscience and they're uh, somebody who's a numbers person, you know, there's plenty of jobs available.
0: Well, not only that, make sure you're pretty quick with a firearm and that you aren't afraid to use deadly force. You're not afraid to kill somebody who owes $10,000 extra.
6: Can you imagine, Kevin, a, uh, you know, think about, Think about your, you know, I'm sure you've got a tax guy, or, you know, uh, an investment advisor, you know. Think about somebody who's got the tie pulled real tight, you know, coke bottle glasses, who's a, who's a bean counter, and they're showing up at your door, and they, and they pull out a pistol, Well, they even know what, <laughs> way to aim it.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, they'll aim it at themselves, and then just yell fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You>
6: know, <laughs> You know, there's different kinds of people out there. And I'm thinking about somebody who's authorized to use deadly force. You know, give me a a you or Dan Bongino or a tough guy. You know, I can't imagine somebody who's primarily a numbers money guy. All of a sudden, No, I can operate a firearm.
0: Yeah. Some nerd, some bean counter nerd who's done nothing but count numbers all of his life, all of a sudden is the American sniper.
6: Right, right, right. He's going to be up there with Chris Kyle. Right, yeah.
0: right. <laughs> and you trust him just like you trust Chris Kyle, wouldn't you? I mean, hell, uh, the, the, the guy with the uh, green-shaded glasses and Chris Kyle have a lot in common.
6: Yeah, my goodness. But I wanted to bring up another topic, King. You know, there's a lot of shameful things out there right now, but I don't think there's anything more shameful than this Lincoln project. And and I'll tell you why. I, I've been kind of trolling these guys for a while. I, I've I made a fake a, a YouTube account and I kept commenting on them and I even emailed them. And and basically, what I've been trying to get them to admit, and they won't do it because, of course, they won't admit it. I've been trying to get them to admit that they're they're nothing but a Democrat. pack at this point a democrat political action committee because they sit there and they still espouse oh well we're you know we're conservatives we're just anti-trump or whatever and you know so i i decided as my fake persona to play a anti-trump republican basically to play a mitch mcconnell i I comment on i comment on these videos and i say well you know yeah you know i don't like trump i agree with this but you know, I'm a little bit concerned because they put up a video, you know, of Biden signing this thing and like, you know, playing this beautiful church music like Hosanna and it's to Biden. So, you know, I said yesterday on the video, I said, you know, guys, you know, sure, I don't want Trump. I don't want what's going on with, with the MAGA people. But aren't we supposed to be conservatives here? This is a massive left wing spending bill. Why are you championing this thing? And, of course, no response. because. No. They're not what they say they are. They're just left-wing nutjobs.
0: That's exactly what they are. Anytime George Conway is a a part of something, you know immediately that while he's not out gorging himself on cake and ice cream, he is hating <laughs> conservatives everywhere. And he hates his own wife.
6: Well, and I heard he got thrown out of that thing. He's not even on it anymore. I don't know if that's true.
0: I don't know what's true. not. You would know because you're the infiltrator. You're the secret agent.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so here's the other thing I did, Kevin. So I, I emailed their fundraising email and I said, hey, you know, I, I said, I'd love to donate to you guys because I lo- I like what you're doing. But <laughs> I said, here's my issue. I haven't yet seen a single video or a single Twitter post where you've come out to support any Republican candidate for anything. Yet you you support all these Democrat candidates. So I'm just kind of confused. Because I think I actually did this way back when the governor for Virginia was running. I, I said, you know, this guy, this guy is not letting Trump come into the state. He's kind of kind of keeping his distance. And he seems like he's a family values guy. Isn't that what we're about? You know, why aren't you supporting him? Because they were they were supporting Northrum, the crazy, you know, <laughs> pedophile trans governor guy, you know, you know. And again, you know, they actually, I think they responded to that email and they didn't really say anything, but they were like, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, we don't, you know, we have whatever views, you know, we think are appropriate Then you know, we'd still like you to donate or whatever. And of course sure. I didn't. So full of did you give me your house payment?
0: Did you give me your house payment? Yeah. yeah
6: right? That's what they want, right?
0: You know, I'm surprised when people donate to f- these dangerous people like these that their wives or husbands don't immediately file for divorce. Because if I found out my wife donated to those people, that would be the end.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my we don't donate to anything politically as a couple. You know, the only things I've donated to in the last few years, I've donated to two things, and it was because both of them, were related to people that live in my community when those idiots blew up that house and destroyed that neighborhood i donated some money to those people but those in that stupid utility company and then when uh people got flooded just up the road from us at mexico the whole subdivision got wiped out with those floods i donated some money to those people but that are you there joey yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, no, that that well, those are charitable endeavors. I donate to right. uh, to, to um, the um, Tunnel to Towers and to St. Jude's Hospital uh, right. and causes right. like you just talked about. I wouldn't give a politician. The only politician I've ever given a cent to is Peggy Hubbard in Illinois. I sent a hundred dollars. I sent a hundred dollars to her campaign because I knew she needed it, and she's really swimming upstream fighting those Democrats in in Illinois.
6: She. She's something else. You had her on the show once, didn't you?
0: We sure did. She was fantastic.
6: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was really a. Uh, you want to talk about somebody who's got a fire lit under her?
0: Oh yeah, she's a firecracker.
6: <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate that the battle she's in over there is almost impossible to win. But you know, it's, it's at least she's fighting.
0: Well, she is fighting, and she does not go quietly. I love her. Yeah. She's, she is the kind of person that should be in political office. They'll fight for people. They're not fighting for their cause, their liberal agenda, or their Republican agenda. They're fighting for the people. They've been in this situation. They don't like it. They don't, they see what's going on. Those are the kind of people we need. Eric Schmidt is not one of those people.
6: No. No, he's Eric Schmidt's just like Parson. He's not going to do any. He, you know, he, he's just. I mean, he he's just a rubber stamp. You know, traditional politician. That's all he is. That's
0: all he is. And you know, Parson every now and then will will mouth the platitudes of the conservative movement, and then then he goes back to his farm. And nobody. I don't know that he ever spends a night in the governor's mansion. I don't know if he's. No, in, I, don't know. I don't know if he's in Jeff City at all.
6: He probably is. He probably doesn't even have a key to the place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eric Rydens probably still does, and he should go live there.
6: <laughs> right, I mean, Kevin. I'll give I'll give you one more thing, and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get off for you. But you uh, you know the, the I've been hearing all this stuff. You know the you know and everybody know everybody's talking about you know that the country we're losing the country. It's not our country anymore. You've been saying it obviously, and there's truth to a lot of it. I mean. You know, we one of the things my wife and I did this summer. We were we were we went out west and we went to all the national parks
1: in Utah
6: and Colorado. I mean, and that was beautiful. We were sitting there thinking, man, this is this is what America has left that we still can go to places like this. But that's that's one of the only things because then you see this FBI situation. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to watch. You know, for me they were reruns because I'm a lot younger than you are. But you probably watched them original broadcast. I used to watch late at night, I think it was on Channel 11, they would run the reruns of that show with Ephraim Zimblist, you know, the FBI, and it comes on, you know, the big FBI letters come on, and you get all pumped up with the music, and Ephraim Zimblist is going out and catching the bad guys, and the FBI is this big institution you're supposed to look up to, and and now it's a joke.
0: It's a complete joke, and despite the reference to my age being so much older than you, um, I did as a young child watch the FBI with, Le- with Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Actually, and it was on yep. Sunday nights, and I could even tell you, I could even sing the music for you, the, the theme song. I'm sure you could. But it was, and he was Agent Erskine. That was his name right. in the show, and, and right. it, was, it was something that people would watch and be proud of because the stories were true stories from the FBI files of them catching the bad guys.
6: Right. That that's what was so cool about it. They were actual stories, you know, they changed the names up a lot of times, but yeah, it was actual real stories.
0: Right. <laughs> not, not not of the, not tales of them setting up f- uh, phony kidnappings of a governor or chasing an uh, a former president because you have political disagreements with him. Not that FBI. That's not the FBI. <laughs> right. That's the Gestapo. They they need a show now and just call it Gestapo.
6: Yeah, we we can get some we can get some German actors to fill the parts.
0: Just get uh, Werner Klemper. He was Colonel Clink. Yeah, is he still around? Probably. I don't not. know if he is or not. But you know what? Here's something that's interesting about him. He wasn't German. He was Jewish. Right. And when right. he was approached I... to play Colonel Clink, of course, Hogan's Heroes was only 20 years after the war had ended, uh, and so when he was approached to play the role, he said, "Only if I can play the Stalag 13 commandant as a complete buffoon." <laughs> and so they, they said, let's do it. And he did it. He did it spectacularly. One of the great oh, yeah. roles of television history,
6: you know, and Ke- Kevin, he, he played, he played a German, uh, you know, a German colonel or something, or a German officer. He put, in the uh, the movie Judgment at Nuremberg, the old Spencer Tracy black and white movie, yeah, that was that was the first. I think he did that before Hogan's Heroes. He was one of the uh, the Nazis on trial in that movie. I, I'll never forget he was in there too.
0: He plays a good Nazi. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of these days, I'll have to search down my interview with uh, Whitney Harris, who was the f- last uh, at that time, the last surviving a uh, prosecutor from the Nuremberg trials and boy, were his right. stories spectacular, spectacular. It won me an award. It was, it was, he was so good. It won me an award. That's how life works.
6: <laughs> well, King, you should have a lot of awards, but you know, uh, they, they, don't give, they, they don't give awards to the right people anymore. It's just a popularity contest. That's
0: right. And you know, th- in many of these halls of fame, like the sports hall of fame in St. Louis and in the state of Missouri, you have to, uh, Get someone to sponsor you, or, and then it becomes how many tables will you buy <laughs> so that we can induct you into our hall of fame? Because you're giving you us gotta, ba- you're basically paying your way in.
6: Yeah, you got to grease the right palms to get there.
0: That's right. I'm telling you, it's, I'm not. I'm not lying about that. It's true.
6: No, I'm and, sure you're not. I'm and and sure I just, you're not.
0: I just laugh about it. And, and at at uh, at UMSOL, from what I understand, you could nominate yourself to be in the hall of fame. Oh, shit.
6: <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure that's how somebody like, uh, like as we mentioned the other day, it's somebody like Wheel Wheels, Mr. Kevin Wheeler. Maybe he'll get into the Hall of Fame before you because he paid it. Or, or Bernie Micklis, they'll pay their way.
0: <laughs> well, unless it's a legitimate Hall of Fame, I wouldn't care if they came calling. I'd tell them, no, thank you. I don't need that kind of stuff. the The state right. legislature recognized me for for what I've done, and that's good enough for me.
6: Well, and we all recognize you. I I, I I sing your praises every day, King, and we I try to get more people on uh, on here listening. And I got and I've gotten some, and uh, keep up the good work, Kevin.
0: I appreciate it, Joey. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. All right, have a good day. Bye. Great stuff. You know, he brings up that show, the FBI, and he's right. That was a spectacular show. Spectacular show. Cleo's up. Hello, Cleo. How are you?
1: Hey, morning, Kevin. Great, man, t- magnificent show this this morning.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I mainly want to comment on
1: one issue, but I just want to tell you the first forty-five minutes of your show was fantastic. The stuff you touched on, the common sense you made, the stuff that you're saying that nobody else is saying. Man, you ought to be national. Nice. You're, you're the best there is.
0: Oh, thank you, Cleo. That that means, as you know, some someone I respect, that means the world to me.
1: Yeah, I'm not just saying it to, you know, the buddy. of I know, yourself,
0: you're not. You know you're not. I'm being honest, man. You're not that kind of guy. That's why I respect you.
1: Well, thank you. And hey, mainly what I wanted to comment on was this Jalen Rose character. I got to look into him more. What the hell is the baseball bat supposed to mean? He loves baseball or he's going <laughs> to use it as a weapon?
0: That's what I thought. I thought to myself, what statement are you making here? You look like an idiot, first of all, holding a baseball bat while you're on television for two hours. What? The, what? What is That's your thing? Well, that's not a thing. That's really stupid. <laughs> that's really dumb. Yeah, I don't watch ESPN. <laughs> well, I, I caught it I one time. I was I was sitting okay. at a bar actually watching it on, on their their TV screens having lunch, and I noticed it. I said to the guy with me, I said, what the hell has he got a baseball bat for? He's not a baseball player. He's a P brand, I guess. Well, he he, he thinks that Mount Rushmore is racist.
1: <laughs> that, that's what I wanted to bring up, man. I mean, he's a, big, he's a complete racist, Dana Rose.
0: Total. Total and complete and stupid. I mean, the level of stupidity it took to come up with that is something I don't even recognize.
1: You know, he was on that Fab... Remember that stupid yeah, Fab Five came to one. They were very good, very good, very good. I I can't take that away from them. But the, those guys were, were five big races.
0: Absolutely, they, hated,
1: they were. They hated Duke. They couldn't stand Duke because they were white and they were good.
0: That's exactly why they hated Duke. You're a hundred percent right. They hated Duke because they were white, for the most part. I mean, they had some some black players, Grant Hill. And, and a couple of others, but but the, the big faces of Duke Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, were white guys, and so they hated them for that, and they couldn't beat them, and they hated them even more.
1: Right, you know, they hated Christian Laettner. Christian
0: Leitner was the best player on the Duke team,
1: and they were the championship team, team, and that's why he was renowned.
0: Christian Leitner was the best player that I had seen in college basketball since Bill Walton.
1: He was that good. Now maybe they make him in the pros, big over the years, the roles are complete. The players of the year that didn't make it, the team was either football or basketball. It happens all the time, white and black.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in, in, in Leitner's case, he didn't catch on and have the star-studded NBA career, but he played more than 10 years. So he had a pretty well, successful years. career. wasn't a Hall of Fame player like he was in college, but he was pretty good. 10,
1: pretty 10 years was pretty good.
0: If you can do anything for 10 years, it's pretty good, Cleo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. Let me tell you, this Fab Five, you know, they, they, they call it the Green Hill and Uncle Tom because he was intelligent.
0: Because it was what? I'm sorry you were cutting out. He, he, was, he was
1: intelligent. He came, he, his, his father was an NFL player, and his mother knew Hillary Clinton, you know. So oh, they yeah. hated him for that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, I, I find that these – Crazy people will pick out anything about you and hate you for it as long as it disagrees with them.
1: Let, let me bring one quote. You, you can still find it online. This is from the Ann Arbor News. This is from one of the players. He goes, uh, about, you know, about the hatred. Jimmy King said, the faces of Duke, I didn't like them. Now, isn't that
0: terrible? That's unbelievable. You know, when you, when you said it, I'll read you one quote, I was thinking it's going to be Jimmy King's quote. And it it is despicable. And if that were reversed, if Christian Leitner said the faces of Michigan, I hate them. That would that would have been the most outrageous shitstorm. Excuse my language, you've ever heard in your life. That would have
1: fouled him for the rest of his days.
0: Oh my God! It would have. It would be his on his epitaph. On his let, me, let
1: me give you a comparison like that. Pat Riley, who played on the Kentucky team, to play Curtis Western. Texas Western, you know, five black fellas, and Kentucky, you know, was all white. What if if Pat Riley had said that about the Texas Western player?
0: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) He would never have been a coach in the NBA. That would have followed him to his death. Uh,
0: He would have never been associated with basketball, or or possibly any business for that matter. He would have been blackballed forever. And, uh, yeah, that that was the year I actually – as a kid, was watching that championship game, Texas Western against – Texas Western now is University of Texas, El Paso, uh, against Kentucky. Kentucky was my favorite team, and I loved Pat Riley. I didn't know anything about the racism of Adolph Rupp at the time. I was a little kid. But I loved Pat Riley. I loved Louis Dampier and, and those guys. And I cried that night when Texas Western beat him. But I had no knowledge as a kid, the way I was raised – I had no knowledge that one team was all black and the other was all white. I didn't even It didn't even strike me until years later when I read the story about it. And that was the first time, as you know, that a college team had started five black players. Right, and won the NCAA. Bobby, yeah, jo- the Bobby Joe guy? Hill, remember Bobby Joe Hill? Oh, yeah, Willie Big David Lattner. Little David Latner. those guys could play. Neville Shed. That was. You know,
1: a- I watched the game, too, and as a black guy, I, I guess I had a slight – out towards it was slight, but not that much I not Kentucky they were little fellas and they played great
0: you know what well what's interesting is if I had been growing up black at that time I would have been partial to Texas Western because it's the first, it was the first team that ever for lack of a better word allowed five black guys to start for their team Clem haskins yeah. was the coach and he was revered for that although in some circles he was he was hated he was ostracized.
1: Well, the coach was Don, what's his name? He was a whack. I'm sorry,
0: Don Haskins. I said Clem Haskins. Yeah. Don yeah. Haskins.
1: Okay,
0: that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Don Haskins. And I got to meet him. Uh-huh. The Bear, they called him. I, I met him uh, uh, doing games that he, he was still there. He was at Texas El Paso then. And he was still there doing the uh, WAC. Uh, we did the WAC tournament one year up at BYU. And his team was in it, obviously. So I got to talk with him. And uh, he's an interesting guy.
1: Yeah, I remember reading about him. You know... These incidents of racism, whether it be black or white, you know, must be called out. You know, I'm black myself, but there's, there's racism on our side. There's terrible racism on our side, and we got to stop it.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. There's no place for racism, and it is it is universal on all sides. And when I hear people say, well, black people can't be racist, I said, what are you talking about? I mean, you, LeBron James hates white people like nobody hates black people. I mean, this guy <laughs> detests white people except the white guy who signs his check. It's very obvious he
1: hates white people. He he admitted in high school he didn't like white people.
0: Yeah, and, and there's a lot of them like him who admit it. you know. And yet people, well, black people can't be racist. Mm-hmm. That First of all, that's the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. Black and white people anyway, can be anything.
1: Anyway, Jalen Rose really should be on the air because he's a big race. He, shouldn't be on the
0: air. he yeah. is a racist. Yeah. and And once again, talk about basketball, mm-hmm. which is something you know. We really don't care what you think about anything else.
1: <laughs> That's right. Get
0: those politics, ESPN. Yeah, I mean, good grief. Nobody tunes in ESPN to hear anything about political in, uh, institutions or political uh, issues. No one. No one wakes up in the morning, Cleo, and says, you know what, I saw they raided Mar-a-Lago last night. I wonder what Jalen Rose thinks about it. <laughs> 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 just, Just like no one wakes up today and sees the – Cleveland Browns trading their number one draft pick for a water boy and says, I wonder what Tucker Carlson thinks about that. <laughs> no one, because that's not their lane.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, these examples of, you know, blatant right record, black racism after brought up. This anti-Christian language at the time was ridiculous. You know, the I one could... was the best, the best around at the time we oh, chose it for the team because they wanted a the college
0: degree in You know, they talk about all of the racist letters that Hank Aaron received when he was chasing down Babe Ruth, and man, I've seen some of them and they were horrific. Terrible. But guess Terrible. who else got racist letters all the time? Christian Leitner. Christian, no Christian Leitner was the victim of the opposite. It's the same racism just coming from the black community as opposed to whites. And and anytime someone does that, anytime someone writes you something or says something online or on some social media, they're showing what cowards they are. People that write that kind of crap, not only are they racist, but they're cowards. They would never say it to your face. Right. Yeah, they
1: putting down you know, some of the great great white athletes uh, over the years really gets me. Yeah, here's my most egregious example. Richard Onionhorn, remember that jackass?
0: I do remember that jackass, and he was a racist jackass.
1: KMOX had him on for a while in the early 70s. And I'll quote uh, Horton, one time. You're talking, talking about Stan Musial. Horton's comment was Stan Musial really wasn't that good. <laughs> now, if you don't think racism plays a part in that, you don't
0: know. That's exactly true. And, and here's where racism really comes into play in basketball. And, and it's clear you want to talk about euphemisms. Here we go. A black player is a great athlete, a white player is a gym rat.
1: He's a gym rat. He's a yeah, yeah. He's a blue collie.
0: That's right. He's a hard worker. Gym rat. Boy, he's a he's in a gym. He's a gym rat. But the black player is a great athlete. That, in my opinion, is derogatory to both. So what you're telling me is the black player can't be a cerebral player. He can't figure the game out and think through issues on the court. He just has to rely on his god given athletic talent. And the white guy of course, has no talent at all. He has to think through everything. He has to practice day and night. He has to spend all of his time in the gym like the gym rat that he is. Both of those comments are so loaded with racism, it's not even funny, and yet they still use them every day.
1: Right. You know, Oscar Robinson one of the very greatest of all time. He was very athletic, yes. Well, he worked his butt off. He was a gym rat. He constantly played basketball. You bet That's he did. That's why it was so
0: great. All the great ones do. And Oscar Robertson, if anybody wants to talk about a cerebral player, he was it. In fact, I've, I've made the comment many oh, times yeah. that I think he, more than Michael Jordan, was the greatest player I ever saw.
1: Well, he i I got to admit, I thought Oscar was the greatest. But when Michael came along, I think he's the best.
0: Yeah, it's it's a hard call. I mean, I could defend either position. To be honest with you, right. because you know Oscar had the triple doubles back to back years, that's pretty impressive. Michael never did that. And um,
1: I remember when they Cincinnati played St. Louis in college. That could control the game.
0: He did. Well, you know what? I mean, here, here's the true story about Oscar. People may or may not know this, and I'm sorry that I'm taking up time talking about this, but I think it's it's neat and it's it's interesting. Um, the movie Hoosiers, <clears throat> based on the true story of Milan High School. The Jimmy Chitwood character isn't really Jimmy Chitwood, but it's another guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, um, um, a guy who, uh, has, has a restaurant and bar in Indianapolis. It's called, gosh, what's his name? It's his last shot. That's the name of it. Slayton's last shot, but it would be his name. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's Bobby, um, gosh darn it. Bobby Plump. It's called Plump's, yeah. it's called Plump's Last Shot. Yeah. So when I interviewed him on the show the year they had the final four up there, Troy, my son's team, had to play AAU uh, championships up there for a week if you kept winning, and we ended up going to the national championship game. But (laughs) at any rate, we were up there, and I had called Bobby ahead of time, and I said, would you mind if I bring the team over there? Now, our team had a good mix of black and white kids, Mm -hmm. and we went over there for dinner, and guess who's there? Oscar Robertson. Wow. And Oscar, for those who don't know, played on – the South Bend Central team, but it wasn't called South Bend Central, but played against Bobby Plump in the semifinals, as I recall, and Bobby Plump's team beat Oscar and knocked him out of the state tournament.
1: Amazing story.
0: And then, it's, and then it's, it's a small world, but uh, and so, but but there, here's the here's the key to that story. So he and Oscar are still friends to this day. Now they played against each other when white people are supposed to ha- to hate black people and vice versa. But here they were playing high school basketball against each other and they're friends to this day. Oh,
1: that's great! I mean, I got to end on this story. I'm pulling in the doctor's office here. I, what Oscar Robertson was like? Okay, uh, one of the all, NBA All Star games, Adrian Smith was on a team, a white southern. Okay, Adrian was a great shooter. You know what Oscar Robertson did during that game? He felt Adrian Smith was unappreciated. So he kept passing him the ball so he could get shots off. So Adrian Smith was MVP of the game.
0: Is that spectacular?
1: That's what, yeah, that's what kind of man Oscar was. It almost make you know, I get emotional about
0: it. I, I completely get the same way. You, I have chills right now because it's, that's such a cool story and such an unselfish player, but that's how he was, which also so tells it, you what kind of a person yeah. he is.
1: Yeah, he did that for a white Southerner. You know, white Southerner yeah. is At a, evil, at a right? time
0: when a black man wouldn't do that for a white Southerner, and with good reason. And that's what well, I, mean. I, mean, when, I mean. When he spoke to our kids, when Bobby Plump spoke to them first, then Oscar spoke to them, he was the big surprise because nobody knew he was there. Oscar talked to those kids for a half hour. Wow. Now, he didn't have to do that.
1: What a ball player. Uh, one more story. I'm going to ask the color commentary on the NBA Early 70s. He wasn't the best color commentator. But anyway, during halftime, the, the head announcer, I asked him, it's an all-time NBA team. Uh, somebody asked the, uh, the head announcer all-time NBA team. And the head announcer named it, and, and Bob Pettit wasn't on it. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can you name an all-time team without Bob Pettit? How can <laughs> he do that? Yeah. He was incredulous.
0: You can't. The answer to that is you can't, and and Oscar's right. Oscar knows, and you're right, Oscar. When he was doing his television work, you know why he wasn't great at it because he wasn't so flashy. Uh, he he just he was very succinct and and very good at explaining the game, but TV didn't like that.
1: Well, Bill Crap, Bill Russell was crappy in it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're two different people, Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson.
1: Yeah, well, listen, I gotta I gotta go. Great talking to Kevin. All right, it's
0: Cleo. Show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye bye now. We digressed. We got off the topic, but it was fun. I don't even know how we got going there. What was it? Um, it was somebody's comment that we played earlier. Can't even remember now. But he's but Cleo's hundred percent right. Oh, Jalen Rose, yeah, Jalen Rose. Well, here's James Carville, who's a guy that speaks for Democrats all the time. He ran Bill Clinton's campaign, and he's been successful at running campaigns. I guess he's sort of semi-retired now. And every now and then he pops up and. Has some interesting things to say, sometimes very stupid things. This time he combined the two. James Carville, tell us why are liberals so insane? To come up
7: with, with really stupid things, like defund the police—three, three worst words ever in the English language, maybe—and and, you know, it's you know, let's get rid of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that, that's, a, that's really, that takes a really smart person to come up with that. So we pay what huge majorities of the Republican party don't believe in evolution, right? Huge majorities of the Republican party follow Donald Trump and whatever that and sound to But somehow or another, we pay a greater price for 11% of our people than they do for 65% of their people. Uh, and it, it's just stunning to a guy like me. Make fun of them, and, and let me say, when they say, James, we have our crazies, but look, you have your crazies, you know, and it, it, it's, you know, what pronoun you have of veganism or something. The problem is, is people who believe in that are just silly, all right? People that believe that the election was stolen and have a right to, to storm the Capitol, which is a substantial number of people in the Republican Party, are evil. Because we have, our, our people are, are kind of silly. Their people actually eat. Racism is evil. Alright, misogyny is evil. I'm sorry. Uh, a pronoun is, to me is, okay, fine. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to be a, a vegan, I don't care what you want to eat. Alright, but but that's not, that's not the same thing. Hmm. Alright, it's just not. Hmm. And, and yet, the, the media it, it is addicted to both sides of Well, you have your crazies, and they have their crazies. What the hell's the
0: difference? Mm. A lot. Mm. Well, I would agree with you. There is a lot of difference. And you're off the rails, James Carville. You're right about the defund the police nonsense and the pronoun nonsense and all of that. But it is, it is bad. It's not just silly. It's not silly. It's not silly when you force people to take an experimental drug or you'll be fired. That's not silly. It's not silly when you raid a president's estate without a proper affidavit, and we'll find that out someday. That's not funny. That's not silly. It's not silly when you tax middle-class people into oblivion. That's not silly. It's not silly with 85 to 9.5% inflation. What's silly about that, James Carville? Because that's your people, just so you understand. Those are your people. Are 11% of people who say stupid things like defund the police, where'd you ever come up with that number? The 65% of Republicans who don't believe in evolution, people believe in the Bible. So somehow or another, it's really bad in James Carville's demented, warped mind if you believe in the Bible over some man-made creation story. That's fascinating. That tells us a lot about Carville. He does not believe in God. So while you think that might be silly, I find you in deep trouble in the afterlife. You're in deep doo-doo, buddy. So you can say whatever you want. You can make up whatever you want, which you just did. And that Trump insanity, that's your opinion. I can talk about your Clinton insanity, your Obama insanity, your Biden insanity, till the cows come home. And that's my opinion of it, but I can also back it with facts. When are you going to back up with facts saying that Trump's insane? Trump insanity, they, they support that Trump insanity. You mean a prosperous country? You mean America first? That kind of insanity? Maybe you ought to start checking the colors of your flag, buddy, because apparently it's not red, white, and blue. And it's, oh, the, the large, large percent of Republicans stormed the Capitol. What are you talking about? First of all, there was a small group of people, probably numbering less than 20, who actually did anything to the Capitol. And the ones who did broke a windows, broke some uh, furniture or something of that nature. Nothing major. That's it. That's what you call an insane insurrection by 65% of the Republican Party. Are you nuts? The answer is yes. You are insane. You're criminally insane. He gets nuttier, although he tries to sound like he's making sense. What is the problem with liberals, Carville?
7: And so much of what's happened to my party is we tend to get defined by some overeducated, totally doofus coastal elites that are out trying to write dictionaries or something unrelated to anybody's life. And that kind of stuff is, has a tendency to be very sticky, to stick with people. It's not who the party is. They're a very small part of the Democratic party, but they're, they're very noisy and they get much more attention than is justified. And that's, and understand it, they're very, they really do think they're smarter than anybody else.
0: They do think they're smarter than everybody else. But when you say that's a very tiny portion of the Democratic Party, that's not true. The progressive activists like Sandy Cortez and Talib and that ilk, they've overtaken your party. Because the principles and policies of the Biden regime are all theirs. So don't tell me it's not your party. What do you think this bill is all about? That's your party. Your party voted 100% for a climate change bill. So don't tell me it's the fringe element of the Democrats. What you just described is accurate. That's who they are, but you said they're that's not who you are, but it is who you are. You're defined by these global West, East and West Coast elitists. That's who your party is. You've been out too long, James. You've lost your fastball. But I wonder if his, if he thinks that the radical liberals will carry the day in that party with their socialist agenda.
7: There is everything to support that with evidence. All right. Read anybody that has studied this. It's idiotic. That's what it is. And it's been tried and it fails and it's going to fail every time because that's not where people are. It's, it's just something they all tell each other. All right. They all tell each other. Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden ran, Bernie Sanders ran, Elizabeth Warren. They, they had no problem. They ran, they ran to the left. All right. They didn't just get beat. They got slaughtered. Slaughtered. And and, and the same thing happened in Buffalo. The same thing happened in New York City. And they, they just keep repeating the same thing. And, I really don't even care anymore because the, the the argument is is just amazingly and stunningly stupid. And there's no evidence of it.
0: Couldn't agree more. Carpe diem De Carville in that instance. Their argument is stupid. The socialism is stupid. But did he unwittingly tell us that even though in the previous clip he said all of these people who – didn't believe the election was legitimate. Did he just unwittingly tell us that he doesn't believe it was legitimate? Because he just said Bernie Sanders, Biden, and Elizabeth Warren all ran to the left, and they didn't just lose, they got slaughtered. Wait a minute. How did Biden get slaughtered if he's the president, if the election was legitimate? You just said he got slaughtered. I didn't say it. You did. James Carville knows it was illegitimate, and he made a slip. Now, I don't know who else caught it. We caught it, but that's exactly what he said. Biden ran to the left. Sanders ran to the left. Elizabeth Warren ran to the left. They didn't just lose. They got slaughtered. We have agreed with that from day one of that election. He got slaughtered, and Trump got jobbed. Now, here's where Carville really goes off the rails, though. Can you say anything nice about Biden?
7: I, I don't know. He's probably had as good a summer as any president that I've seen. I mean, if you, if, if you look at what happened. So I, is he the world's, Can he communicate like Bill Clinton or, or, or President Obama? No. But if you look at performance and you look at his, you know, and I think his appointments have, you know, almost all have turned out to be very substantial, very capable people. So in, in, you know, inflation does bother people. And, you know, the president gets the blame for everything that goes bad. It's always been that way. Uh, but my contention always was, it was even during President Clinton, just, it's OK, blame us for everything bad. But give us half the credit, everything that is good. And I think if you do that with President Biden, you're going to find substantial achievement.
0: Now, I don't know if during that interview he started to drink heavily. He may well have. It's quite possible, in fact. In fact, based on those comments, I'd say it was likely. How in the world, with a straight face, can you say that what Biden has done has been substantial in a positive way? He said that he's had as good a summer as any president that he knows. Look at his appointments, he says. They're all very capable people. You think so? Mayorkas. Two million people came illegally into this country in this month alone, and we're only on August 19th or 18th. We've got, we got 13 more days of illegals coming, and they're going to hit three million. So somehow that's a real capable cabinet appointee. How about his choice for vice president? Let's start there. He broke the law by by proclaiming publicly that anyone other than a black female would not even be considered. That's against the law. That's job discrimination. But it doesn't bother Carvo because that's a law, and liberals and Democrats can break the law anytime they want. So why would that bother him? He says, look at his performance. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at Afghanistan. It was just a year ago the other day where he murdered 13 American soldiers, left untold thousands, hundreds of thousands of people behind to get murdered. We could start there, or we could start with the energy independence that we enjoyed when he took over, and we no longer have. We don't even have anything resembling it. We can look at $5, 6 7 $8 a gallon gasoline. Oh, it's come down because he's now depleted our reserves. Well, that's going to wear out. Once those reserves are gone, we're going to go right back up to 7 and $8 a gallon. He's taxing the crap out of the middle class, even though he lies about it. Inflation is at 9%. So I'm looking at his performance, James Carville, and I'm wondering just what the F are you talking about? Look at his performance. That's like the night some reporter asked Tommy Lasorda, the manager of the Dodgers, after Dave Kingman adjusted three home runs against the Dodgers in the game to beat him. What did you think of Kingman's performance? Tommy Lasorda let loose with an F-bomb-laced tirade. What do you think I thought of his effing performance? So, this is what I think of his performance. You just told me to look at it, and I just rattled them off for you off the top of my head. All the crowning achievements of Wuhan Willie O'Taliban. And yet, you consider the t- achievements that are as long as both of your arms and legs of Donald Trump, you consider that insanity. So, that gives you an insight into James Carville. On the one hand, he knows what the liberals are. They're lunatics. But he calls it silly. And then makes excuses that somehow the media has made the Democrats pay for their, what he calls, silliness. But that the Republicans and their insanity, their Trump-based insanity, are treated like heroes of some sort. Where does this guy get this? Again, I know he's down in Louisiana. Louisiana. He's been eating some hot Cajun food, is my guess. And it's really either upset his stomach or it's affected his brain. But his brain has been affected. Now, what has affected it? I don't know. But something has, or you can't make those kind of nonsensical statements. That's all nonsense. To the point where you think, what the hell is he talking about? So, so far today on this show, you've learned that Lizzie Lincoln Warren, or Lizzie Lincoln Cheney, I'm sorry, says that we're facing a crisis that we haven't seen since the Civil War, thanks to Donald Trump. You have media members talking about it being the Civil War. It's Nothing like this has happened except the leadoff to the Civil War. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Only 38% of Republicans or excuse me, thirty-eight percent of Republicans want to overthrow democracy. Where they came up with that, I don't know. They make it up. So the, uh, we we have liberals, even though you claim they're silly, they're trying to get you, James Carville, and me to pay for their college education. Do you think that's silly? It's criminal, but apparently you think it's silly. Incredible. Just incredible stuff. And I haven't heard you comment, James Carville, about the hoax that the liberals put on the country about this COVID 19 experience. And make no mistake, it was a hoax. Yes, there's a virus. No, it's not life threatening unless you have a comorbidity or you're extremely unlucky somehow. Same with the flu, same with pneumonia, same with anything. But where does he get off saying 90% of the things he just said about Republicans? And somehow the media is on the Republican side? That Those are grounds for you to be admitted into the nuthouse. So he's probably never been admitted, but he's been invited. I'll guarantee that. That was some of the most insane stuff I've ever heard. On the one hand, he had the Democrats succinctly summed up perfectly. They're idiots. They're stupid. They say and do stupid things. Yes, they sure do. They're not where the country is. That's true. Everybody knows that, those extreme positions. But somehow or another, the white man in the Republican Party is a racial bigot, white supremacist extremist. And parents who complain about the curriculum of their five-year-old being taught about sex changes, somehow that parent is a domestic terrorist. Those are the things that your Democrats do. Those aren't silly; those are criminal, and those things are what's going to get somebody shot. Guarantee it. You want to walk around James Carville and you want to tell parents that you want to lecture their five-year-old on sex changes, and tell their five-year-old why, as a white five-year-old, you should be apologizing to that black five-year-old because you've oppressed him. Do you think that's silly? Because you didn't mention that as one of the silly things. Look, you're a nut. You're a member of a nutcase portion of society. Yes, it's a smaller portion than you think it is. But you're nuts, and so are all of your followers. You people are basket cases. Psychopaths. And you're so delusional... That you have no idea what's really going on. To somehow say that the media is pro-Trump and pro-Republican is enough to get you convicted on the stupidity doctrine. You're too stupid to even exist. And you're blind to reality. How is that guy married to, what's her name, Mary Matlin? Isn't that his wife's name? She's a conservative. She was a Republican under the Bush administration, Although we now find out a lot of truth about the Bush people, so maybe she's one of them. So it's a little bit more understandable why those two can be coexisting in a marriage. Unbelievable stuff. We didn't even get time to take a break today, folks, but that's okay. We sailed right on through. And tomorrow we'll do do the same. We'll kick it off at 7 o'clock right here in the Window World Kings Court like we do every day. We bring you the truth with facts and evidence, no fiction, unless you're listening to James Carville. But we're back fighting that good fight for you again today. Enjoy your Thursday. Tomorrow, you know what tomorrow is. It's the day the Lord created. Friday, Saturday Eve. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Auto Plaza Direct. Kings Court starts now.